week and a half ago, I was introduced to a charitable organization called Rink of Dreams. And what they try to do is to raise money and create the help and support needed for communities to either revitalize or rebuild their outdoor rinks. The reason that these two men who are beginning this charity have done this is because what they've recognized is that within our province and even in our country, more and more outdoor rinks are falling into disrepair and are being torn down because people no longer use the outdoor rink as a place to congregate. People stay at home by themselves so much more and they don't have places within the community to come together and to be together. So what this charity hopes to do is that they want to take down the barriers that keeps communities from doing this. They want to give them the money and the support and the steps that they need to be able to revitalize their outdoor rink. They want to help find ways to get people to come back to the outdoor rink to leave their home, to come out. And what they ultimately want to do is they want to create a sense of community, of belonging for these people of this community. And those three ideas in that charity is the why of Pentecost. The why of Pentecost, why the gift of the Holy Spirit, is to remove the barriers that keep us from being together. It's to impel us and to move us out of ourself, to be sent, and ultimately to bring communion, to draw us together. And we see that narrated in the two accounts of Pentecost that we hear today. Jesus in the Gospel tells his apostles, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. What does sin do in our life but divide us? Removing the barrier that keeps us separated. And then he says to his apostles, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Where were the apostles on the day of Pentecost in John's Gospel? Trembling in fear, in a locked room for fear of the Jews. And after Pentecost, they go out and face trial and persecution willingly for the sake of Jesus' name. And then in the accounts that we hear in the Acts of the Apostles, we hear this description of how the Apostles are understood by everyone who is listening and this whole list of different peoples that hear and understand. And we probably often focus on this great work of power that all of these languages are spoken simultaneously. But why? Because not being able to communicate is one of the biggest things that keeps us from being together. And so by hearing the gospel, each in their own language, it brings all of the people present together. This is the why of Pentecost. It's love. It's the gift of God in love. It's the why of Pentecost. It's the why of the Holy Spirit. But I think what we need to do to help ourselves understand better is to set aside the word love. Because love means so many different things today. And love has been corrupted by so many different things. 
the classical term in our Catholic theology for this virtue of love is actually charity. And the reason I think that this is more helpful for us is that when we think of the word love, often what's associated with that understanding of love is that it should be mutual. If I love you, you should love me in return. Or if I love you in this way, you should love me back in the same way. But that's not Christian love. But the moment that we hear the word charity, we understand from the idea of a charitable organization that that virtue is a giving without counting the cost. And this idea of charity brings us closer to the why of this love of the Holy Spirit, which is that unity, this communion of the Holy Spirit, is possible in difference. See, it doesn't say that everybody learned one new language so that they could all understand. What it says is that each individual person heard in their own language. And unity was created in the midst of their difference. And I'll give you an insight into life at the rectory to give you an example of what this looks like. Father Martin, just about every morning, eats Red River cereal. And when he cooks it on the stove, it sticks to the pan. And so what he does is after he's prepared his breakfast, he puts that pot in the sink and fills it with water so that it can soak and it becomes easier to clean. I come into the kitchen to make my breakfast and I have a stovetop espresso maker. And I make my espresso in the morning, but when I take it off and I pour my coffee, it's just been on the stove, so it's too hot to clean. So I pour a little bit of water in my espresso maker and leave it in the sink. And whoever's the first to come back to the kitchen after breakfast does both dishes. I know when I am not where I should be in my own life of faith and in union with the Holy Spirit, when I get back to the kitchen and both dishes are sitting there and I go, why doesn't he ever do his own dishes? But difference without unity. I'll give you another thing that I was thinking about over the weekend. Just yesterday we had this big royal wedding that a lot of people watched. And this perfect couple of Harry and Meghan, this beautiful image of love together. And I hope that it lasts a lifetime. But what continually surprises me is when I get to know one person of a married couple, whether I work with them or I meet them on a regular basis, and I end up knowing a little bit about their spouse just through what they tell me, I start to create an image and an idea in my head of who they're married to, what they look like, how they act, their personality. And then in the moment where I finally get to meet their significant other. Just about every single time, I'm surprised. Doesn't seem like the person they should be with. But how often are those marriages that last a lifetime, not because two people are similar, but because two people have chosen to love each other in their difference. Nobody would ever pick these two people to be married but because they choose to love each other in their difference, they stay together. See, the Christian idea of charity 
is that we don't need to be the same to love each other. That this communion brought about by the Holy Spirit doesn't require us to conform to one idea of what it means to be human. But what it does show us is that we need the Holy Spirit to make this possible. Because our default is to go back to isolation and to division. Because it's safer. It's safer to stay alone. Nobody challenges me. It's safer not to engage with other people because then I'm not pulled out of myself to do something that I don't want to do. It's safer to stay in isolation and to stay divided. It's extremely challenging to be sent out and to be with others who seem different. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. Because only by that grace in our life can we hope to achieve this charity that we all want to live. Nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, I'm going to hate that person today. No. We all want to live in charity with each other. But at the same time, our continued failure to live it shows us we need help. We need something to bring us to that reality of charity towards our neighbor that's not just our own strength. That's the why of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to us in our life to break down those walls that are built up between us and others. And it impels us to be with others and leave isolation whether that's physical isolation or emotional isolation, moves us out and then helps bind us together in unity, even in the midst of our difference. And one simple experience that I would venture to guess every single one of you that are sitting here have had in some way, shape, or form is that pull to God. You probably can't describe it, you probably don't understand why it's there. But there's something that got you to sit in this pew tonight for Mass. The communion that the Holy Spirit is trying to bring about is unity between us and God. We are infinitely different. He is God. We are not. But I like to think sometimes that the gift of the Holy Spirit in our life is like God putting a magnet inside of us to pull us to himself. And I think we've all felt that pull. Trust that experience in your life. It might not happen very often, but there are moments where God draws you to himself. That is the work of grace. That is the work of God's charity, working in you, drawing you to overcome what, keeps you, what divides you and God what pulls you out of yourself to experience God in a new way and to ultimately bring unity. That's how God works. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life, is this continual draw to Him. And you've had it, that's why you're here. This is why we've been given this gift. 
because we struggle to live this charity that requires us to live unity amongst our difference. But this gift of the Holy Spirit breaks down what keeps us divided from each other and from God. And it moves us out of ourselves so that we want to be with others, even those that are hard to love. And ultimately, it creates a unity amongst us without destroying what differentiates us one from another. At the end of this Easter season where we've spent the whole 50 days reflecting and pondering this gift of our baptism, this gift of God's Spirit, are you willing to embrace that gift in your life? Are you willing to ask God for an increase of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he's given you in baptism and in confirmation so that you can come to know better what this charity looks like, this unity and difference.